you would this morning, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Romans chapter 10. Thank you. 
never accept the Lord Jesus Christ, all you've got is a clever devil. That's a fact. That's harsh, but it's a fact. And if they gather all the culture and they change the world uh, that, that they live in, you know really what they've done? All they've done is change the world to a better place for you to go to hell from. Or, if they become that person of means, that they're wealthy, and that world is worthless when it comes to a crisis, eternity, because it can't care for it. Jesus Christ did not come to this world to be an educator, although he educated. He did not come to be a philosopher, although he, through his wisdom, he led others and guided them in wise nor was he a social worker, but you can see time and time again how he cared for the needs of others. But Jesus Christ came to be a Savior. That's what he came to do. Today, the desire that we should have for those that we love the most should be the desire to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And the first thing that pops in your mind, you think of worldly things that you would like to see them achieve, that they would be good at. Am I right in that? But you know something within our hearts should have a desire that what we focus on most of all is that they know Jesus Christ. That somewhere, some of the teaching, some of the way that I live before them shows them who Christ is. And sparks a desire in them to seek Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to move in their life and accept Him as their Lord and Savior. For without that, nothing is really worth life. Amen? But so often we look for these worldly things, don't we? Just something in us that drives us and we focus so much on the worldly things. You know, salvation has become an old-fashioned world, really. Society and culture and even some churches have shoved the word salvation out the back door. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because mankind, society, and a lot of churches don't want man to have a guilt complex. We don't want someone to feel inferior. We don't want this world to actually think that they need to be saved from anything because that means there's a problem. We don't want men to be walking around concerned about these type things. Self-esteem to be lowered. So the world, the word salvation brings something to mankind to say there's something wrong. And there is. The word has become old-fashioned. But you know what? The words of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 19 bring out to me as I think on this. For the Son of Man. come to seek and to save that which is lost. So this morning, I want us to see three things about this passage of Scripture before us. I want us to see some things about the simplicity of salvation. 
God's salvation for a dying man. Look there with me if you would in Romans chapter 10 verse 1. And look how it starts out. It says, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that ye that they might be heart's desire and prayer is that you might be saved. So I want us to look at this under three headings. First of all, I want us to see the righteousness of God that he will reject. The righteousness in which God will reject. And you say, oh well now, you're saying there's a righteousness that God rejects? Yeah, sure is. But I want to explain that to you. There is a righteousness in which God will not accept that he will reject. Now I want to say this in this time. Israel was one of the most religious nations in the world when the book of Romans was written. Well, they had all these ceremonies and ways to do this and ways to do this. Did you know that even the, the Pharisees, there was a, a way that you were to wash your hands and dry them? I mean, even got to where there had to be a religious ceremony in everything. Now, let me say this. I'm not telling you that everything you do shouldn't be about Christ. I'm not telling you that. But they had made it to where everything was a ritual. Everything was something that had to be done just in a proper way. It's very legalistic in its way. So righteousness that God rejects is self-righteousness. And this is what self-righteousness is. When a person tries to be so righteous by their deeds, their actions, and their words, and they're, they're trying to uphold the law in such a way they're trying to be so nice, a good person, and doing nice things throughout the world instead of looking for God's righteousness in their life. You know, man is sinful at our best. You see, I'm not trying to give you a guilt on but this morning I'm just telling you what you are. Because the Word of God says that's what we are. And at our best, we're still sinful. So therefore, our best can't change anything. As a matter of fact, if we see and we, uh, we fought over, we've argued over the Ten Commandments being in our courtrooms and at our state houses and uh, in our capital buildings. But you know what? You know the Ten Commandments can't save you, Brother Charles. The Ten Commandments cannot save anyone. But something else about that one thing is you can't afford it. We can't keep them on our own. The Bible tells us if we could keep the whole law, yet offend one point, we are guilty of all. You see, God demands perfection, and we can't supply that. So God knows that what we are, so what God has done through Jesus Christ, he has prepared a way to come into contact with him through prayer. And then God gives us his word. He gives us a word that we put in our heart that we sin not against him. And he gives that to us to make us better than what we would have been without. You know, today many people are looking for salvation. They are, I believe, that people are looking for salvation. But they're looking for a salvation that suits them. Somewhere along the line, our doctrine has become so weak that we don't broadcast it. Somewhere our preaching has become so watered down that we have shown to this world and we've conveyed to this world that an individual can accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and live like the devil all week and just make it to church on Sunday. That's not what salvation is. 
Salvation is something that you and I can't do within our own self. Just come by faith. And what happens is when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, there's a change that takes place. And I've heard so many people say, well, you know what? A lot of people believe you just get saved and you have a permit to sin. No, you do not. If that's your outlook on what you got salvation for, you didn't receive the same one that I received from Christ. It's not a license to sin. It's something that should come over a child of God when you and I are living in a sinful situation or we have sin. The Holy Spirit should be moving in our lives, drawing us back to Christ. There should be a conviction of those sins in our lives and something driving us not to commit that sin again. You know, many people are looking for a life to suit them so Christ can't be it. I've heard people say so many times that uh, they're looking for a church that suits them. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you're looking for a salvation that suits you, if you're looking for a life that suits you, and if you're looking for a church that suits you, here's my advice to you. Quit. If you find what suits God, you'll be way better off. Seek Him. Submit to what God has said. You know, most of the time, man, if you look at everything that we do, most of the time, man always has it backwards where God says this about us, too. Always get it backwards. So often we see the Word of God has told us to believe and be baptized. But yet many denominations baptize and just wait on the salvation for later. The Word of God also tells us to come as little children. What do we do? When another child comes to us saying, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not, we start asking them adult questions and then say, well, they're not ready. They didn't answer to suit me. Word of God tells us to seek firstly the kingdom of God. What do most of us do? We seek the things of the world first and then if it suits us, then if there's time, we'll start seeking the kingdom of God and see what he'll have in store for us. salvation is not a reward for the righteous. It's a gift for the good. Salvation is not a, a goal to achieve, but it's a goal, a, a, a gift to receive. Mankind always gets back. Look there with me in verse 3. For they being about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. See, they're coming up with their own righteousness. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to change my life. Then they say, well, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. We see this every first of every year when people make these New Year resolutions that last about 12 hours. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And what's happening here is Paul is talking about the religious leaders of that time, that they're trying to do everything on their own. He's talking about the Pharisees. I want to explain something. I want you to see this. So I prepared this sermon. I thought of what a church field of Pharisees would look like. I want to share that with you. What a church full of Pharisees that are trying to invent their own righteousness would look like. Well, here it is. They would always be faithful to church. Wouldn't they? Would they? Now, I'm not 
not saying if you meet these, you're a Pharisee. I'm just telling you what a Pharisee is. Pharisees of the church would look like. The Pharisees would always be in everything. They would never forsake the assembling together. They would be the one that would be here early to get the lights turned on. But not so. They would all die. They'd be sure not to hold one penny. A little bag of chips they had in last long. <laughs> they would live outwardly clean, pure, showing us Jesus has already came down and he's already clearly arose. So what is that telling us this morning? What is that saying to us this morning in this passage of Scripture? This is beautiful man. You and I do not have to go all to some foreign country. You and I don't have to go get into a certain place to start looking for salvation. No, it's the revealing of the Holy Spirit. If a man in his heart or a lady in his heart of their heart starts seeking Christ, you believe he'll be found. This is also telling me, you see there in verse 8 when it says, But what saith The word is nigh, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What's he saying here? What he's saying today, it could be a little uh, man standing in Africa today looking over a great plain watching over the coast. You know what that's actually saying? It's saying the Holy Spirit through his movement will move upon that child. It's saying that the Word's there in every individual that's ever been created. In every individual that's ever born or ever will be born, God has instilled something in that child, a drawing towards a Jehovah God that created him, that loved him, and wants to redeem him. You are without excuse. Without excuse just creation. I'm thankful today that uh, mankind doesn't have to meet certain requirements to be drawn with the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful today that God has not allowed some to be born and said, you know what, I'm just going to let them be damned. I'm not going to get involved with it. They'll do whatever they want. No, no, they can go to hell on their own. I'm glad that there's a God of love today that has placed something in every one. And you say, well, what about these atheists? Well, there's a day of 
so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son for, you believe that that individual had a drawing towards Jesus Christ in his life, the Holy Spirit, and not failed him. Christ has not failed him, and God has not failed him. They have just rejected God's ruling. That's it. This passage tells us that there's something there that's actually there. You know, I thought about this and, uh, as you talk with children. You know, it's not hard to get a child to believe in Jesus. You ever notice that? I mean, it's just something there. That, man, they'll buy into that quickly. They may question certain aspects of life in some things and not know it to be true, but there's no child that will ever question you on who Jesus is. None. Child like faith, you see. You can teach them because there was something instilled in that little heart at the time of conception that showed them there is. There is a creator, and there's a loving Savior who wants to redeem you. There's something there, how precious that they do. So that's the righteousness in which Christ, our God, reveals. But then there's the righteousness that God will receive. Look there with me in verse 9. Look at this implicitly. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. <coughs> Brother Gary, anybody should be able to get that, shouldn't they? Praise God, that's how simple it is. You can. I mean, it's pretty simple. Just confession is made with the mouth and believing in the heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I can be saved. Verse 9 says that if thou confess with thy mouth in the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man uh, believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich. Unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, are we going to believe, as Calvary Baptist Church, are we going to believe that actually, when the Holy Spirit comes to that individual as he comes to all, and they, the Holy Spirit starts working in my heart, and then he shows me that there's a Redeemer there, that I'm in need of a Redeemer. And in that, by faith, I accept Jesus Christ for who God says he is and the Word says he is. He is God's Son. He did come, and he did die for my sins. And he arose from the grave. And I want him to move into my heart and do something for me that I can't do upon my own. And if I will do that, I'm going to heaven. Praise God, that's exactly what we believe. When the Holy Spirit moves upon an individual's heart, when that Holy Spirit moves and draws us towards the Savior, and when that heart is receptive to that and believe in our heart that that's who Jesus is, what Jesus is, and know that we're a sinner in need of Jesus, believe he rose from the grave. Once that confession is made, yes, salvation. Rhymes 